everyone, and welcome to the final installment of Movie Musicals March Madness. Um, my name is Michael Fling. I'm an artistic associate here at Goodspeed. And before I get too much further, I'm thrilled to bring into the stream uh, the closest thing I've met to a living, practically perfect human, Annika Chapin, Goodspeed's other artistic associate and resident dramaturg. Hi, Annika. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm doing okay. It's a gorgeous spring day here, so uh, that's just 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 a happy thing. Even though I don't remember what it is I wear in the summer. Listen, we you know honestly we've been all hunkered down for about uh, you know over a year now. So uh, I can't. I mean, you know, I, I it's a wonder I got out of bed today, considering the matchup that we're about to discuss and how um, central this. this um, it feels like an attack from our audience to troll me, not to center myself in the narrative. Yeah. Um, in a Dame Julie, in a Dame Julie showdown, it's the only narrative I can draw. Yeah, this is um, for those who are maybe just turning tuning in for the first time. Michael Fling is a Julie Andrews devotee. Um, she is queen of his world and so to head have of my coven i mean i she does no wrong i i you know i've watched the i spent the last year watching her entire filmography because i was like oh like early i guess it was over it was a year ago now but i was like oh i need something like to do like when i don't have i can't have plans i can't like go see people so i just started watching all of her movies it's like well it'll be fun like why not like i'll just watch every single thing she's ever put on film which sounds cuckoo it was really fun and i had a good time doing it like as i was like you know but i enjoy her a lot so but have you read all of her books i've not read all of her books i've read both her memoirs and i've read um a couple of the novels so, um, I mean, growing up the last of the really great wang doodles was my favorite favorite book it's a great book and people really don't know about it and it's a delight yeah. i actually think it'd be a good musical um it should be a cool it'd be a cute musical um so definitely would recommend last of the really great wang doodles i'm sure available wherever you buy books um but <laughs> speaking of things that are available not wherever you buy books but only for the next week we are here to celebrate the stream of passing through on goodspeed on demand our inaugural uh stream of the 2019 production of passing through that we presented at the Norma Terrace Theater, just down the road from where I am here in Chester. And um, you can get it right now, goodspeed.org, $25 gets you a link. Um, and you have 72 hours from when you click that link um, to watch the to watch the stream. So if on April 4th, you're like, oh crud, I don't have time to watch today, but I really want to, you can still buy a link on April 4th and you'll have until 72 hours from April 4th to click that link is what I have been told by the marketing department. So <laughs> literally no excuses. I hope I got that language right. I'm sure I'll be uh, noted if that is not true, but it's my understanding that if you buy a link on April 4th, you still have 72 hours to watch it. So no excuses. You absolutely have to have to watch Passing Through. Yeah, you do. It's, it's really, gorgeous and beautiful and encapsulates so many of the things that we miss. Live theater, beautiful voices singing beautiful harmonies, but also like America and feeling like we're a united country that has a has a shared heart and travel. I mean, it, like from, from the big themes in it to the small themes in it, it's really just something that is 
so happy. And you know, why not? Honestly, why not? Why not like spend $25 and spend an evening seeing this piece of glorious theater instead of, you know, starting to watch Parks and Recs for the 14th time or or anything. Um, but um, that is all to say, we're gonna show you an exclusive clip uh, from the opening of Passing Through, um, which is one of our longer clips. And if you've been tuning in with us every day, you've, you've seen it, but it's so good. It's, it's, it's hard to not share it again. Um, so that's what we're gonna be showing you. And then um, uh, we'll come back with some comments um, before we get into the before we get into the final Let's matchup, go down Mary Poppins versus Sound of Music. For so <laughs> here we are. Is the opening of Passing Through um, again available right now on Goods Beyond Demand, Goodsby.org. Go there, get your link. Um, time time is waits for no one. Um, I don't know. I was gonna have something quippier to say, and then I just sounded dumb. Here's the opening of Passing Through. <laughs> Coming. Ooh. Only got two legs, goddammit. Hello? Hey, I got a fella here and he's walking. Well, he's walking across the country like a dummy. It's cold weather out and I was gonna put him up in the shed, but it's warmer here in the shop and he looks like a clean cut guy. Between these trees, we are woven together From our mother's roots and our father's song And I frisked him down and he ain't got no gun or pistol And on these roads, we unravel our burden I don't know why he's walking, just some crazy son bitch, I think Though the threads are weak, together they are strong stop at, at the, the Starbucks, Starbucks or, or the, the grocery store. There are people, we don't see them. Each with stories that we all ignore. Rich and poor and in between struggling. Young and old, a tapestry of strangers who are blind. I mean, it's so good. It's such a great opening. It's such a great opening. Um, 
And both of these movies have iconic openings, I will say. Obviously, Sound of Music, one of the most iconic film openings of all time. I think definitely, if we were just talking about opening scenes, it would definitely beat Mary Poppins. Um, but her sitting on top of that cloud, still also iconic. Um, and Dick Van Dyke and the One Man Band, and that whole, those all those shenanigans. Yeah. Shenanigans. Yep. Shenanigans. Okay, so of course we are here. Um, to, to see the winner between uh, the stage right champion, number three seated Mary Poppins, and uh, a number, um, oh dear, let me take this off so we can actually see, and a number one seated Sound of Music, which is the stage uh, left champion. Um, I think we both expect Sound of Music to make a, a strong showing, um, and Mary Poppins a strong showing too, but I think we both expect Sound of Music to take it. Annika, brings up to date what what's kind of the narrative that we've seen developing out of this tournament beyond just the dang Julie of it all. What what have we kind of learned over the last um, the last few days as we have watched 64 incredible movie musicals um, go up against each other? Well, I think um, this year the surprise was that there was really no surprises. The the big popular beloved movies edged out the smaller weird ones um, pretty consistently. Overall, we saw the top seeded ones making it here. I mean, top three Mary Poppins was the only, I mean, three, three seeded Mary Poppins was the only one that wasn't a, a t one seed of the final four. And, and here we have these two. Certainly um, the edge going to the movies that are like the beloved classics that people watched growing up. Um, we had a little bit of a fight. We had some little mini surprises in that some movies did better than we predicted. I, I'd say the, the takeaway for me of this whole thing was that uh, there was a lot more love for that Les Mis movie from a few years ago than I would have ever thought. I did not think that was something that was like beloved by a lot of people, but it, it actually put up a really good fight for a while there. Hello Dolly also doing really strong, but yeah, it's come down to these two. I mean, Titanic movie musicals, um, both of them beloved, both of them family classics. Uh, Mary Poppins a little bit more surreal, a little bit more um, overtly for kids, I'd say. Um, Sound of Music, obviously, Roger and Hammerstein classic. Um, their last musical together, I'm pretty sure. Um, Yes, correct. Yeah, so this was their, and their most successful film. Um, just it, so many moments from both of these movies are just iconic. I mean, we have Julie Andrews spinning on the hill, of course, Do Re Mi. I mean, it's just that there's all of that. We have a spoonful of sugar. We have, you know, it's just like, you, you where do you stop? There's so many amazing things in both of these things. So it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, which one edges is out. We both thought Sound of Music because Sound of Music is kind of the one you think of when you think of the ultimate movie musical. Um, so I think that's gonna take it. But but before we reveal it, shall I ask you some, some little trivia questions about both of these movies? It's inevitable. It's inevitable because uh, they are my two literal favorite movies. Um, it's inevitable that this is going to happen. So hit me. Bring it. I, I'm, I, I feel confident in my, I feel confident in my ability. I actually learned a fun new fact or more about Mary Poppins um, last night, actually. I learned uh, a fun little thing that oh, really? I didn't really know. But anyway, continue. All right. So I'm going to, I'll do one of each. I've got three for each movie. Um, you will probably oh. immediately know all of them. Although I did think of briefly of doing facts about Julie Andrews' life. And then I was like, ha ha ha, that's absurd. Um, he will immediately know everything. And it I, well, I don't know. I have maybe, maybe, maybe. Okay. Um, so to start, um, 
I'll start with an easy one. What inspired the song A Spoonful of Sugar? Okay, so what inspired the song The Spoonful A Spoonful of Sugar was I think it was uh it was one of the Sherman brothers' kids. I think it was Richard Sherman's um son when the polio vaccine was being administered in schools. Um, part of the way that they got children to take it was give it was doing it like on a cube of sugar um, because it wasn't like a shot. I don't rem honestly, I don't remember why the spoonful of sugar. It's uh, something about how the polio vaccine was administered. But when he came home and he asked like, you know, his dad asked like, what did you do at school today? I'm like, oh, we got our polio vaccine. And he's like, oh, did it taste weird or did it hurt or whatever? And there he was like, oh, no, they gave us a spoonful of sugar. Um, and I don't know if the kid actually said, um, and it helped the medicine go down, but that's how then, um, the song was born was the, the cube of sugar on the polio vaccine and especially timely story given, uh, where we're at right now. That's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I thought I thought a vaccinated vaccination, uh, themed question would be very appropriate. And you, yes, that's, that's a, exactly right. Of course. Um, <laughs> all right. So to uh, get a life. Okay. Move on. <laughs> um, Okay, for Sound of Music, why did Julie Andrews giggle repeatedly during the love scene filmed in the gazebo? What was making oh. her giggle? So um, is she, um, she and Christopher Palmer were giggling a lot because they were very, very, very close to each other. When And one of those things that people don't quite understand about movies is like the way the camera relates to you is very different than uh, normal. So they're like actually way closer than you would even think that they look like they're just like having an intimate little moment, but they're like right up against each other. And the way they, like the lighting that was in the gazebo, the something about the filaments that they were using for movie lights at the time, after they've been on for a while, the, the carbons like run together and make really like groaning kind of um, uh, flatulence noises at times, but also just like weird groans. And so they were like this close to each other, her and Christopher Plummer, and they'd be like, oh, you know, um, uh, you know, who should we ask the children? And the lights would just go, mm, as if it were like a commenting on their acting in the scene and they both lost it. So they like, it was like a whole mess. And then they left, they went to, they took lunch and Robert Wise then relit the scene. So they were now the famous like backlighting that we know of that scene, but that's only, it was a, out of necessity because they couldn't keep it together and the lights were acting up. Yes. That is correct. I love that story so much. I see it's a good one. Yes. Um, okay. So uh, now I actually have uh, two ones that are Walt Disney related for Mary Poppins. Um, okay. Obviously, famously, Dick Van Dyke played Bert with yes. what has gone down in history as the most belovedly terrible Cockney accent of all time. Yes. Um, who did Walt Disney want to play Bert before Dick Van Dyke was cast? Who was his pick? Oh God, I don't know that I actually know the answer to this. I thought he did want Dick Van Dyke. He probably did eventually. I think this was when they were first like making it into a movie. I don't think this was a sort of like, oh no, I don't want Dick Van Dyke, I want him. I think it was the sort of first round of like, who, what's the dream cast of our movie? And Walt Disney was like, oh, this is the person that I think. I am not entirely sure, but I am going to hazard a guess and say that he wanted like Gene Kelly or Fred Astaire. You're not you're not terribly off, but go like a go a little bit like previous generation. He wanted Cary Grant. Oh, I know it's a surprise, huh? Yeah. I don't I don't think I knew that. Yeah, it's a it's a weird choice. Uh, but I knew that Dick Van Dyke 
well, I don't want to start. This may be your next question. I know how Dick Van Dyke partially got onto his radar because Dick Van Dyke gave an interview saying like he wished there was more quality family entertainment that didn't like require like, you know, cursing and all that kind of stuff. And Walt Disney really appreciated that. And that's how they connected. Oh, that's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. Interesting. A fortuitous uh, interview, certainly. Yeah, right. Um, Sound of Music. Here's another one. Um, who did Julie Andrews parody the musical with two years before the movie came out? Um, is it only two years or is it actually three years? I Or four years? This did, well, according to mentalfloss.com, it was two years. Right, two years. Or it's before the movie was made, maybe, perhaps. That's yeah, right. it was It was with Carol Burnett at their Carnegie Hall special. Um, the Swiss Family Pratt uh, was the name of the sketch. Um, and she, um, Julie Andrews, played uh, the, the mother of the Swiss Family Pratt. And uh, Carol Burnett was the youngest of the Swiss Family Pratt. And her name, they had lovely German names across the board and her and she was like she had some terribly not um not wistful german name i don't remember what it was but it's that that's part of the butt of the joke as it gets to the end of the line she's like and i'm carol or something like that you know so i don't remember but something like that yeah i think there's i think you can watch this on youtube if you want to go back and yes. see it. it's very funny it's very funny why, I wish they would just give those to it like a TV show again that'd be great honestly those Carnegie Hall specials those Carnegie Hall specials are solid yeah um, okay, final uh, Mary Poppins question. Uh, the movie contained Walt Disney's favorite song of all time. Just his favorite song, period. What was that song? Feed the Birds. Yes, it was. And I think, and I think it's a very, very, uh, I, I love I love that story. I love that song. That song also means a lot to me. Um, and it's what he thought the whole movie was about. And, uh, and, I think, and he's right. And he's right. Um, and he often would ask the Sherman brothers to come into his office. He had a big grand piano in his office at Disney Studios. And Friday, end of day, um, the Sherman brothers would come in and play the song. And uh, like, I, I, even after Mary Poppins came out, like he, they would just come in and play the song. And, and Walt, uh, according to them, would say, that's what it's all about. Have a good weekend, boys, and would leave. Um, meaning that's what life is all about. Um, so feed the birds. Tap into yeah. back. Correct, correct. And I mean, it's funny to think that that's sort of, I mean, I guess you probably, do they have records at that point? But mm -hmm. like, they have, they have a record. Okay. Cause I was yeah. like, also that's like success to a degree too, where yeah. it's like, you're powerful enough that you can just have the composers of your favorite song come in and play it for you on a piano. I mean, um, truly. Um, yeah. I was going to be like, yeah, they have records. I have a record right here of it. I don't know where it is. I don't know where my record, I was going to pull out my record of Sound of Music and Mary Poppins. I have both of the records. Anyway, dumb. Okay. <laughs> this one you'll probably also know, but which Von Trapp child grew six inches during filming, requiring a number of creative solutions so that they still fit in the lineup of the Von Trapp family children? That would be Nicholas Hammond, who played Friedrich, the second oldest Von Trapp child. Also, unequivocally, the worst Von Trapp child. <laughs> I have a very strongly held opinion that Friedrich is the most insufferable of the Von Trapp children. Oh, interesting. Okay, we have to have a he separate is, podcast about that. He is 14 and bites Gretel, who is five, bites her finger. He's 14. When she has her boo-boo, it got caught, caught in what? Friedrich's teeth grow up. <laughs> You are a bully. 
He also is just a brown noser. I hate Friedrich. I hate Friedrich. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of it. There's children. They're not all going to be winners. You got No, they can't be. And Friedrich yeah. is the loser. Okay, well, this is very sorry. interesting. We've learned a lot. Sorry, Nicholas Hammond. I'm sorry to this man, but no. No. <laughs> you know, come for the musical March Madness. Stay for the hot takes on the on the Von Trapp children. We, we've been a little short on hot takes this year, so I think it's warranted. I think that's <laughs> But yes, he was the one who grew six inches and he needed to fit into the lineup between Liesel and Louisa. So at the beginning of the movie, he was his shoes had lifts so that he was taller than Louisa. And by the end of filming, uh, Charmaine Carr, who played Liesel, was on a box so that she was taller than him. Yeah. So this thing you don't even have to think. I mean, I never thought about that. Like, oh, of course they have to line up and they're, they're children right. who are sprouting. So right. anyway. So hazards, those of, hazards of working with children, growing children. I mean... Correct. Um, so yeah, so that's what I have of these two stellar films. I guess uh, if you let's should we dive in or I think, we, I think dive in? Um, we we do have a couple um, a couple um, interview clips. Um, of course, both both movies very excited to be in the championship and um, have various uh, thoughts and things. So we're gonna go we're gonna go live uh, to um, Bert uh, who has um, who has some feelings on their on their chances against Sound of Music. Now as the ladder of life has been strung, you might think a sweep's on the bottom most rung. Though I spends me time in the ashes and smoke, in this old wide world there's no happier bloke. Chim chiminy, chim chiminy, chim chim cheery. A sweep is as lucky as lucky can be. Chim chiminy, chim chiminy, chim chim cheery. Good luck, we're above when I shake hands with you. Chim chimini, chim chimini, chim chim chimini. A sweet fish as lucky as lucky can be. Chim chimini, chim chimini, chim chim chimini. Good luck, we're above when I shake hands with you. I mean, you know, sweeps are sweet, chimney sweeps are lucky. There's been a lot of handshaking happening uh, on the Mary Poppins team. I can assure you, lots of lots of locker room, lots of locker room handshaking to to see if they can pull off this victory. Uh, but we are going to go uh, live to Maria, who is on her way to the Villa Von Trapp now, um, uh, speaking about her her feelings about this matchup. So she's clearly a little nervous. Uh, she's the practically perfect Mary Poppins. She's getting her getting her nervous that maybe she will not be able to climb this mountain. I think is the is the real the real case. And of course, we do have Mary Poppins herself for comment. She gave a, a brief a brief comment to the press um, as they wanted an explanation an explanation for her uh, her quite magical rise to the championship. Just a moment, Mary Poppins. What is the meaning of this outrage? I beg your pardon? Will you be good enough to explain all this? First of all, I would like to make one thing quite clear. Yes? I never explain anything. Again, she's been clear about it before with the press, but we all know the media, the lamestream media, keeps asking the same questions over and over and over again. She will not suffer it. So, 
We do, of course, we have the stage right champion and number three seated Mary Poppins, also known as my favorite movie of all time, against a number one seated Sound of Music, the stage left champion, my other favorite movie of all time. Let's go ahead and dive into the, into the cross tabs. Um, it was quite a, a closer match, I think, than um, I anticipated in some way, shape, or form for the first various stretches of the day. As returns were coming in, Mary Poppins had a lead at certain points, and I was like, oh my, maybe we've grossly misinterpreted um, people's feelings on these movies, and um, maybe this childhood kind of magical magical movie will will overtake the the more prestigious title that is the sound of music of course the most successful movie musical of all time according to box office receipts and best picture winner all all the all the things though of course julie andrews did of course win an oscar for her performance in mary poppins mm -hmm. uh, but that is all to say it is not quite enough to overpower the behemoth that is the sound of music and Sound of Music will take it with 57% of the vote to 43%. Definitely Sound of Music's toughest matchup, but it comes in as the favorite and and um, uh, waltzes its way or uh, does the Lendlayer's way on its way to victory to be the movie musical champion. Um, I believe we do have Maria herself for comment. So Sound of Music takes it. I think, you know, honestly, we've centered Mary Poppins in this narrative quite a bit. Um, I think just because Sound of Music was such an assumed um, uh, heavyweight within this uh, within this tournament, within the world at large. Um, so setting aside Mary Poppins for a second, let's celebrate the Sound of Music and how really wonderful a film it is, obviously cherished by millions around the world. Um, and, uh, you know, not a movie that when it first came out, it was not really, uh, you know, critics were not really on board with The Sound of Music, which I think is one of the interesting kind of bits of its um, trajectory. Audiences loved it right from the get-go, critics not so much. Um, very famously, I think, uh, Pauline Kale, I think is how you say her name, mm -hmm. um, uh, kind of ripped it to shreds and almost lost her job over it. But it comes at a very interesting cultural moment, I think, too, for America in 1965. Uh, right before you know we're in the we're in the exiting the the glorious 50s and really getting into the social revolution of of the later 60s but of course a, a country in somewhat turmoil over still reeling over the loss of president Gen, uh, john f kennedy uh and the assassination and the the breaking of america's kind of innocence on on some level i think for some people and this movie really reassures and uh gives comfort to a ton of people i think plays into why it has remained so successful over the years. It just is so um, warm and lovely. Uh, and some people would say saccharine. We both said previously that I, I don't think that's quite a fair critique. I think they do a great job fighting that. But Annika, talk about, you know, talk about its sound music's place in, in this competition, but also in the larger movie landscape and, 
and while unsurprising this victory, um, how how deserving it is. I mean, it's just, it's such a great show. It's such, And it's such a great movie too. And I think we've seen from this uh, competition that there are some cases where that's not the case. It's a great show, not a great movie or a really great movie of maybe not a fantastic show. Um, this is great. It's so, it's, there's so much in it that is so rich. The storytelling is so rich. You know, it's the story of this oddball woman who can't fit in with the world that she thinks she's chosen for herself, finding her path, really finding, um, her place in the world, finding how she can be of help to these kids. And then, you know, making this family and the family that they make, finding their role in the world in terms of what is the right thing to do? How do you fight? Um, what is wrong? You know, I mean, there's so many little things, these, the kids all coming together, the power of music and the power of just opening your heart um, and do, you know, following your heart. I mean, there's just a lot in it that resonates throughout so many lives throughout so many things. And then of course you have this music, which is just some of the best music ever written. It's all so beautiful. It's funny. Some of it's very funny. Some of it's um, really just a, there's some bops in this movie too. It's just like great. I mean, it's a, it's such a beautiful film and I'm not surprised that people have the relationship they do with it. If you go to Salzburg, you can take this sound of music tour. You can go up to Vermont and stay at the Trapp family lodge, which is the family, the Von Trapp family from, um, the, the, uh, that the story is about, obviously these were real people, um, to a degree. Uh, and, you know, it's it's become a phenomenon in many ways. And I think that's just because this is a story that resonates with people and a storytelling form that really resonates with people. And, you know, it's it's worth watching all two VHSs of it 11 million times. <laughs> it is. And I know it's it's certainly a favorite in, in my family. Um, and, uh, you know, the interesting parallel, too, between The Sound of Music and... Uh, Mary Poppins, thematically speaking, is is you have a family. You have in both your family units that are that are not functioning, that are not yeah, um, that are not you know loving in the way that they that they intend, and not they they've gotten caught up in the tragedy of their life. In the case of the Sound of Music, um, and in just the day to day ho humness of life in Mary Poppins, um, and. Maria in the Sound of Music and Mary Poppins comes in um, to both of of these families and really restores them. One doing so through spoonfuls of sugar, the other doing some uh, doing so through um, music and uh, clothes made out of curtains. So you know, I they they both. I mean, they're they're so similar in so many ways. While you know, obviously individual and and different, um, but uh, you know, it's. It is it, it is a movie that never fails to um, put a smile on my face and make my heart feel warm and fuzzy. Um, and the and same goes for Mary Poppins, but um, Sound of Music, I think uh, just, it, it holds a very, they both hold very special places in the culture at large, um, you know, and, uh, but the Sound of Music really is a singular, um, is singular in the sense that like it, it has been on stage for 60 years now. Um, it, you know, it, and uh, has been a movie for about 55 and, um, and both of them supremely great in their own way. Mary Poppins, a newer stage musical that hasn't quite um, 
you know, hasn't permeated the, the culture in the same way that the sound of music has, um, though the movie, of course, a staple of, of childhoods everywhere. Um, I think we do have Mary Poppins available for comment on, on, the, on the defeat. Um, so we're gonna go live to Cherry uh, 17 Cherry Tree Lane now. That's as it should be. Well, don't you care? Practically perfect people never permit sentiment to muddle their thinking. Is that so? Well, I'll tell you one thing, Mary Poppins. You don't fool me a bit. Oh, really? Yes, really. I know exactly how you feel about these children. And if you think I'm going to keep my mouth shut any longer, I... That will be quite enough of that, thank you. A practically perfect departure from Mary Poppins, classy as ever. Uh, the umbrella, you know, claiming she's upset about the loss on behalf of the children, uh, and Mary Poppins saying, "No, this is as it should be." I think a very, a very at center, uh, centered, and a calming uh, piece of of classy, classy loss from uh, the practically perfect nanny herself. Yes, and I think we know that she will come back when the bracket needs her. So and. Future, perhaps we'll see. And with that, that of course does bring us to a conclusion of movie musicals March Madness. Um, and when Mary Poppins does come back, um, as and and when we do come back as as March Madness, um, as musical March Madness, Annika, what do you hope we do next year? What's on your What's on your list? What are you thinking about as we as we have this is the second the end of our second tournament? What is year three? What do you think year three has in store? Well, you know, it's funny, I. What I'm drawn to of these two is, you know, the ones that are kind of smaller and stranger. And to see if you took out some of the big heavy hitters, what would happen if you did a sort of more cult musical um, bracket. So I'd be interested to see something like that. But the other thing that I think we maybe uh, should try is performances, you know, or, or roles. I mean, we potentially talked about doing that, you know is Mama Rose gonna take out Dolly Levi, you know, et cetera. It's like, we could do something like that. I don't know. I mean, the good thing about this this field is that there's a million things that we could talk about as being, we could do it only on fabulous hats in shows. That is what Annika would like to do personally. Um, I think <laughs> if, I were, if I were to have a Julie Andrews bracket, Annika wants to have a fabulous hat bracket. <laughs> Um, we have but, some personal things that might be uh, influencing our choices in these uh, in these ways. And I would like to reassure that there is no there is no undue um, uh, un, untoward uh, meddling in the competition and in the results. This was as as the voters um, as the voters did, and we're so grateful yeah. to the audience and the viewers uh, and the voters that do participate. It's it's a lot of fun, and uh, we're you know it's it's fun for us. So thanks for coming along for the ride. Um, podcast audience, Goodspeed audience, everyone else who is maybe new to the fold, um, welcome. This is the the madness that is uh, the the March madness that is uh, movie musicals or musicals in general. I don't know. There probably was a clever, a more clever way to uh, have spun something. Um, Annika, any other? Oh, you know what? Here's going to be my wrap up question for you. Okay. So, movie musical March Madness. There are obviously were a ton of movies that we didn't include. Um, that, um, but 
what are some movie musicals that you wish existed so that we could include them? So things that don't exist yet, or things that maybe are about to come out. What, if we were gonna do this again, you know, in five years, like what's your dream movie musical that hasn't happened yet? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I probably prepped you for it because it takes some thought, but. It does take a little bit of thought. I'm, well, I'm thinking more of recent movies. I mean, recent shows, because I feel like a lot of the older ones have been, have made it to film. That's a little bit more standard. Um, you know, I don't, the one that just immediately jumped to my mind in a way that I really don't know where this is coming from exactly, because this would be, okay, this is definitely the art house. <laughs> I'm bracing, I'm bracing myself for what you're about to say. Hold on to your butt. Um, Hadestown. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a weird choice because it's it's so theatrical as a thing that exists on stage that it's a little bit like, why would you want to make that a film? But I also feel like I've seen such interesting filmmakers do really artistic things on screen, and there's something about that particular story. Oh, or maybe Great Comet. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's an interesting one. Like if they did Great Comet, like like that strange Anna Karenina adaptation um, that they did, Joe Wright, where it was all in the theater, something like that. I'd say maybe those two. I think, yeah, Great Comet could be, I mean, could be interesting either way, conceptualized or not. Just, yeah. uh, it could be interesting. I would say if I were gonna pick a new, a newer show, I, I, and I hope that this does happen. I'm sure that at some point I would think it's a, to me, it's a natural, but I would love to see Fun Home as a movie. I think it'd be oh. a really, a really great, um, I think it'd probably be a great movie. The other one that I, I is like my dream and uh, allegedly it's in the pipeline. I take all of those reports as, um, as very, uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I think Follies would make an extraordinary movie. Oh yeah. I think it would make an extraordinary movie. So I'd like to see um, a, a film adaptation of Follies personally, but uh, that's, I, I just think it'd be extraordinary. So that was going to be my, my, uh, my one, but Fun Home, if we're going to go for contemporary, I think yeah. it'd be great. Yes. Well, you know, if, if they need a framing device for Follies, they could use the story of the gopher on the original production of Follies that is told in this book, everything was possible. I say this like anyone in our audience who's watching doesn't already have the book, but like- Hey, we don't know. Shameless plug for your your father, Ted Chapin, who did write, um, write, write yes. the, you literally wrote the book on the creation of Follies. He did, he did. Um, so, you know, I don't know, make a movie of it, but also this is a way into that world if you wanted to do a sort of meta-theatrical thing. Just and Follies certainly is meta-theatrical. Yes. Um, the last, the, the last question that I'll say is like, there are quite a few movie musicals that are in the, in the pipeline as of, as of right now that are actually about to be released. Um, what are you most excited to see of the, of the kind of more, uh, announced or, um, in production, uh, of the movie musicals that are, that are in the, in the hopper, as we say? Well, you know, I have a great fondness for, uh, Jason Robert Brown's 13. Um, I worked on it. Uh, so <laughs> that does and happen. And it happened at good speed. It happened right down the street in our terrace. It's a homegrown hit. Um, so I I feel like that will be something I'm really interested to see. Because sometimes I think also it's the shows that are not necessarily the like juggernaut mega hits. Like, you know, like, like the movie of Wicked is going to be fun to look at, whatever it is. But it's also like so many of those 
images are already iconic. It's like you're translating in a way that I feel like when you have something that's like great source material, but a little bit less like set in stone, um, you have a little bit more flexibility to, um, to do that. So I would say that that that's the one that I'm, I'm probably most excited for. What about you? I cannot wait for in the Heights. Oh, I yeah. Oh, cannot yeah. wait. I'm so excited about in the Heights. Yes, me too. I mean, that barely counts though. Cause that's like finished and ready. I know, but like, I want it out now. Like I wanted it like a year ago. I was so ready and then they delayed. Um, but that's, I, I, it does look amazing. It looks so good. And I, I just, I'm, I'm so excited about it. Yes. I love that also. Um, well, first of all, that Lynn is playing the Paragua. Which is <laughs> well, they have a ton. Like, I think like every original cast member has like some tiny bit somewhere, I think, or, or at least they were trying to include like as many people as possible. I know because. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't know if they got everyone in, but it's still, it's such a lovely, like, I'm just excited for it. The the trailers are great. I think um, John Chu, the director is massively talented and I, I cannot, cannot wait. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, absolutely. And it looks like the perfect sort of like summer film celebration of being outside and all the things that we haven't really, it's been a long winter. So Yes, it has. It sure has. Okay. Well, we will bid you adieu. And thank you all for joining us for Movie Musical March Madness. Don't forget, Goodspeed On Demand, uh, the stream of Passing Through, available now at goodspeed.org. $25 gets you a link, and uh, a, you can buy that link on April 4th, and you still have 72 hours to watch it. So no excuses. Plan it out in your calendar. Get it. you got the weekend. Hey, if you're a fan of a matinee, you can have a matinee right now by buying a link because um, you can watch it any night, any time of the day. Any time of the day, you can watch Passing Through. 4 a.m. Um, perfect time to watch passing through. It's perfect. Um, so literally no excuses. Um, and if you aren't sure if you do, if you've watched this and you've seen all the clips and, and whatnot, and you still are, don't quite know if it'll be for you. I would highly recommend downloading our, um, our podcast on it in the spotlight. Um, we did a special episode that is profiling the making of passing through where we sat down with the writers, um, Brett Ryback and Eric Uyoa. Uh, who really talked about the journey and the development process. And uh, as someone who didn't know the show as well, because I didn't work on it, um, like Annika did, and as um, the um, a lot of people could speak did it, because I came right, right as it was running, um, I absolutely fell in love with the show, again, hearing them talk about it. So I think it's a great introduction. And Annika's deep dive into one of the songs is really great. So I would highly recommend checking out that podcast episode. Um, because it will, it will definitely get your gears. It'll, it'll, you'll know after listening to that show, whether or not you want to watch passing through and you'll want to watch passing through. (laughs) So, okay. Well, we will let the Von Trapp children bid us adieu with a full performance of the very famous so long farewell. And we will, uh, see you. Hey, special announcement. Season two of in the spotlight going to be dropping in podcast feeds next Wednesday, April 7th. So uh, stay tuned. We back. We back. And uh, yeah, that's all. I was going to say, if for the people who are listening to the podcast feed, that silence is probably not, uh, not. they're like, why is it quiet? Um, <laughs> but anyway, all right. Standing with our shoulders, that's what it is. <laughs> so long, farewell, everyone. We will, we will see you soon. Bye. Bye, everyone.
nursery an absurd little bird is popping out to say Ha! 